If you're going to speak the truth and you're going to speak it in power, then your life better be backed up by the Word of God. You better live according to God's Word. If you're going to make a change in our nation, if you're going to make a change in your home, if you're going to make a change in your family, it starts with you, your relationship with Jesus Christ, period. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Roll Reese in Diamond Bar, California. It's good to have you with us for our continuing series in 1 Kings. Today, Roll will challenge us to avoid falling into habits of sinful complacency in our relationship with the Lord, as King Solomon did. Stay with us to see that many compromises at first seem small, but can later lead to great acts of rebellion with very painful consequences. Here is Raul Reese in 1 Kings. If you remember, Solomon was building the house for God. In chapter 9 now, he's completing the house and he's been now, he's taken 20 years, 7 years to build his own house. Actually the house of God and then 13 years to build his own house. So you can see the priorities. He says, and it came to pass when Solomon had finished building the house of the Lord and the king's house and Solomon's desire, which he wanted to do, that the Lord appeared unto Solomon the second time and as he appeared to him in Gibeon. So we see that the Lord appears to Solomon only twice. This is now the second time. And Solomon, remember, started his ministry uh, that God called him by making the request that he wanted to have wisdom instead of riches or anything else. And God says, because you asked me for wisdom on how to lead my people, I'm going to give you not only wisdom and knowledge, but I'm going to give you riches and all these things. I'm going to bless you. And now here we see in the next verse, verse 3. And the Lord said unto him, I have heard your prayer and your supplication that you have made before me. I have consecrated this house which you have built to put my name there forever. And my eyes and my heart will be there perpetually. Now I found it interesting that when we pray we sometimes think, Well God, do you answer prayer? Or how long does it take for God to answer my prayers? But here we see that God does answer prayer. And it's not really our time, but His time. And even sometimes when you study the New Testament, in the book of Revelation, we see that some of the same prayers as you've been praying for your son or your daughter or loved one, whoever may be, that you may pray all your life and then die and go to be with the Lord. And your prayers are still in the presence of the throne of God. And one day God will answer those prayers. It doesn't have to be sincere when you're here. It can be when you're gone to heaven. So that brings uh, not discouragement, but encouragement to my life. That even though God does not answer my prayer at this very moment or in the future, that when even when I die, God could still answer my prayers. Why? Because my prayers are before the throne of grace in heaven. 
The Bible says they're like incense around the throne of God. And God does answer prayer. He did it here for them. He not only answered prayer for them, but it was a prayer of dedication to God. This temple that he built, this house for God to dwell in, so that the presence of God would be upon the people of God. And then watch what God says here. And now if you walk before me as your father David walked, in integrity of heart, and in uprightness to do according to all that I have commanded you. And if you keep my statutes and my judgments, then I will establish the throne of your kingdom over Israel forever. As I promised David your father saying, you shall not fail to have a man on the throne of Israel. Now notice that here it is conditional That God is saying, if you walk, if you keep, if you do what is right, then I will bless you. The blessings of God come through our obedience to God. Conditional. You see? And I think this is something that we need to understand even tonight. Because there are so many times people... They look at God and they say, well, God, you said that you would bless me. Why haven't you blessed me? Well, look in the mirror. Look what you're doing. You see, sin grieves the Holy Spirit of God. Sin brings a reproach. Sin brings the chastisement of God in my life. Even sin brings the judgment of God in my life. So I think we really have to be careful how we pray. Because here we see that we need to listen to the warnings that God is not only giving to Solomon, but He's also speaking to our personal lives. The warning here to Solomon was not only that if he kept what God said, but God already could foresee that Solomon was going to make some bad choices after 20 years, and he was going to become an apostate. Believe it or not, David's son, he would become an apostate. Now remember that Solomon wrote the book of Proverbs, Ecclesiastics, and also he wrote the book of the Song of Solomon. And then when you read the book of Song of Solomon, it's a love story. A husband and a wife's relationship To one another. But also it is a picture of the bride. And Jesus Christ becoming the bridegroom. And then when you read the book of Ecclesiastes. You begin to see that this book was written in his old age. When he not only became an apostate. But he forsook the Lord his God. And he writes at the end of chapter 12. He says the conclusion of the whole matter is this. Fear God and keep his commandments. He says. And yet he broke every one of the commandments. And we're going to see that in a moment here. Because God is here conditionally saying. Look if you do this. I will do this. Watch again. Verse 6. But if you and your sons at all turn from following me and do not keep my commandments and my statutes, which I have set before you, but go and serve other gods and worship them, then I will cut you off from Israel, from the land which I have given to them. 
In this house which I have consecrated for my name, I will cast it out of my sight. Israel will be a proverb and a byword among all the peoples. Notice the warning of God. Now, this is so good because now he's going to take us back a little bit further back. And hold on because I'm give you a little bit of history. When you read the book of Deuteronomy chapter 28, 29, and 30, God had said to Moses, Moses, because not only I am God, but I can foresee the future. I'm going to give you three whole chapters about the blessings of God and the cursings of God for my people, the people of God. And there God began to establish in the first 14 verses, He establishes the blessings of God through obedience. And then the rest is history because it's all about disobedience. Because God knows the heart of people. He knows our hearts. That Solomon in his own biblical training that he had through David, his father, somehow Solomon varied off into a wrong direction. Into a wrong direction. And the way he began to get off track, number one, was not only to choose a woman to become his wife from a foreign country, from Egypt. But then Solomon had a desire... To make all these leagues with all these kings from other nations. That he not only infected the nation of Israel. But he infected his own life by taking upon himself. You'll see in a moment. 700 wives and 300 concubines. And the Bible says that these women took his heart away from his God. They influenced him. Instead of him influencing them, they influenced him. Why? Because he wasn't the leader of his home. He wasn't the head of his home. As a father, as a husband, as a grandfather, you need to take the leadership spiritually of your home. If you want an inheritance in the future. Because if you don't, you're going to have the same problem Solomon had. Same problem. Because God in Deuteronomy 28, 29 and 30 said this, Look, if my people obey me and they keep my commandments, I'm going to bless them and they're going to be the head and they're going to lead. But if my people disobey me, Then what I'm going to do is I'm going to take and I'm going to bring foreigners. And then they're going to take my people and they're going to become servants to the foreigners. And instead of being the head, they're going to become the tail and the foreigners will become the head. This is Somebody Loves Your Radio with Raul Reese. We wanted to pause for just a moment to speak with Raul about his upcoming trip to Israel. Raul, how can our spiritual walk be impacted by going on a trip like this? It will impact your walk because you're walking where Jesus walked. And I think that Bible studies that are given there by the pastor, that they're going to bring 
not only conviction, it's going to feed your soul. So when you go back to the hotel, you're going to open the Bible for that day. You're going to read. You're going to make notes. You know, not maybe your Bible, like I do notes in your Bible, or maybe in a piece of paper. So when you come back, you come back fully loaded with God's Word, with the uh, sights that you saw, which now they're going to become not only real to you, but when I share the gospel with people, they'll go, wow, how did you know I've been there? I walked through there, I sat there, I ate there. All these things that I wanted to do, I've done it. You need to go to Israel. Thanks, Roll. Well, the dates to join Pastor Rawl, his wife Sharon, and their son Ryan are April 2nd through 13th, 2024. To get more information, go to our website, somebodylovesyou.com. You'll also be able to get a brochure. Now back to more of our series from First Kings. God here is warning concerning Solomon and his relationships to foreign women. But also the covenants that he's making with other people that are not godly people, but on godly alliances. Where he's lining himself up. And yet, what did Solomon do? Solomon began to bring in in other gods, in God's temple, in God's place, and began to infect all of the people in the nation. Solomon should have known better. Solomon was warned. You're going to see that in a moment. God said, if you do this, then I will do this. But the day that you and your sons change and you start worshiping other gods, then that's the day that I will bring my judgment upon you. And you'll become the tail. And they will become the head. They will lead. They will change things. Watch what he says, verse 7. This is pretty amazing. Then I will cut off Israel from the land which I have given to them. And this house which I have consecrated for my name, I will cast out of my sight Israel with a proverb and a byword among all the people. And as for this house which is exalted, everyone who passes by it will be astonished and will hiss and say, Why has the Lord done thus to this land and to this house? Why in the world would God take a place like this where my grandpa and my grandma used to worship and turn it into a Muslim temple or a Buddhist temple or something else? God tells you why. Verse 9. The answer. And they will answer because they forsook the Lord their God who brought their fathers out of the land of Egypt and have embraced other gods and worshiped them and served them. Therefore the Lord has brought all this calamity on them. Underline that. That's the answer. Hey, listen. I've been to England so many times and the first time I went to England I was totally blown away many, many, many years ago. Because I went to actually check out uh, Charles Spurgeon's Tabernacle. I went to buy all books. Because they had the great writers. And I was amazed in England over the years now. Over some 20 some years now. To go back to England and to see these beautiful, beautiful churches. Where once preachers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Like many, so many good churches. Preaching the truth about God from the Bible. Today on a Sunday morning, maybe if you're lucky, 10 to 12, 15 people in a 3,000 seating auditorium. 
And many, many of the churches are being bought and turned into Muslim temples. All over England, over 1,500 temples already. Listen, England is a good picture for us to keep an eye on because that's exactly what will happen in the United States of America. Why? Because the English turned their back on God. They took God out. And God gave them over. And God will give us over too if we're not careful. You see, we as parents and grandparents and great-grandparents have one thing to do. And that is to teach our children there is only one God and no other gods at all. No other gods. They have to make a choice. You cannot force your children or your grandchildren. Especially when they become of age. But you have the power... That God has given you and invested in you as a father and mother and grandpa and grandma to do what? While they're little to teach them God's ways and God's word. And what does the proverb say? If a parent teaches their child God's ways, that child will never depart from his ways. And if he does, he always comes back to the truth. Brainwashing our children with the word of God. The university does it all the time. With their philosophies, their psychologies, all these things. May God help us to learn as we're moving through kings, not to make the same mistakes that Solomon and his sons made. May God help us to learn for such a time as this. It's never too late to straighten things out. I don't think that it's too late already for our nation. I believe God can bring a massive revival. But I believe also that we need to stand for what's right. We need to be men and women of integrity. Why? Because if we're going to speak out from the housetops. And begin to bring down these false doctrines. And false teachers. And false temples. And false gods. Listen. They're going to come after you. And they're going to try to find anything in your life. That is not right. And call you a hypocrite. That's why you got to live right. If you're going to speak out. You got to live what you say. Too many hypocrites today. How many pastors, how many evangelists have proclaimed all these things and then they find that they're in sin. And they're not living right. They should have kept their mouth closed. If you're going to speak the truth and you're going to speak it in power, then your life better be backed up by the word of God. You better live according to God's word. If you're going to make a change in our nation, if you're going to make a change in your home, If you're going to make a change in your family, it starts with you. Your relationship with Jesus Christ, period. Solomon started right, but then he deviated. He started bringing in all kinds of gods, all kinds of women. And started worshiping their gods, not Jehovah God. You'll see, I mean, this is terrible. But here it is. In verse 10, he jumps a little bit now. He's going to tell you all of the gifts he gave to Hiram. And now it happened at the end of the 20 years. When Solomon had built the two houses. 
in the house of the Lord, in the king's house. So he's been ruling for 20 years now. Hiram, the king of Tyre, has supplied Solomon with cedars and cypress and gold, and much as he desired that King Solomon then gave Hiram 20 cities in the land of Galilee. Here Solomon gives him one of the most beautiful places in the Galilee, and Hiram doesn't like it. Spoiled little Brad. He's a king. He doesn't like it. Man, I'd take it any time. See if Galilee is so beautiful, city surrounded so beautiful. Watch what it says in verse 12. He says, And Hiram went from Tyre to see the cities which Solomon had given to him, but he was not pleased with them. And so he said, Well, what kind of cities are these which you have given to me, my brother? And he called them the land of Kabul, which means displeasing, and that's the cities up by Arco, he says, as they were unto this day. And then Hiram sent to the king 120 talents of gold. And this is the reason for the labor force which King Solomon raised to build the house of the Lord, his own house in Milo. Notice the wall of Jerusalem, Hazor, Megiddo, and Gizir. These are all the cities that Solomon built for himself. When he talks about Hazor, that's outside of the city of Galilee. And then Megiddo is over in the valley of Escalon. This is where the last battle will take place. Armageddon, beautiful valley there. Where he kept all his horses and chariots and army. And then Gizir is actually Philistia. That's the area of the Philistines done by the Mediterranean. And then Pharaoh king of Egypt had gone up and taken Gezer and burned it with fire and had killed the Canaanites who dwelt in the city and had given it as a dowry to his daughter Solomon's wife. It is sobering to think about the positive spiritual influence King Solomon could have had in so many lives had he chosen not to disobey. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. To hear today's message again, call 800-634-9165 and ask for Raul's teaching from 1 Kings chapters 9-11. through 11. For a donation of $5 or more, we'll send you a complete unedited version. Now, to help you guard against making the mistake of continually giving in to temptation, we'd like to tell you about a very challenging book from Rawl titled, Sin, the Root of All Evil. As you consider the eternal benefits of surrendered obedience, you'll also learn how to pinpoint the areas of personal weakness that could cause you to stumble in your spiritual walk. To order Rawl's book titled, Sin, the Root of All Evil, visit SomebodyLovesYou.com or call 800-634-9165. We'll send your copy for $8 plus shipping and handling. Once again, that phone number is 800-634-9165. If you'd like, you can order by writing us at Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. We encourage you to take advantage of all of our free resources. Every Somebody Loves You radio program can be downloaded as a podcast when you use iTunes or Spotify. And be sure to check out our app. You'll find more biblical teaching as well as a variety of scripture study helps. You'll also want to join Rawl on his YouTube channel Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific for Straight Talk, a Q&A program with timely instruction for godly living. 
Just a reminder that this is a listener-supported ministry. Your tax-deductible gifts help us keep sharing the hope and wisdom of God's Word, and we are grateful for your partnership. Join us again next time for our continuing study of 1 Kings, exploring how Solomon's sinful choices led to the division of his kingdom You'll see how your personal compromises can have far-reaching consequences in the lives of those around you. Now, with a closing comment, here's Rawl. And then Solomon built Gizer, Lord, Beth-Horon, notice, and Belath and Tednor, down by the Dead Sea, down in the Dead Sea, south of that, by the wilderness of the land of Judah. And all the storage cities that Solomon had, where he kept everything, his military, garrisons, and all the horses, chariots, that Solomon desired to build in Jerusalem, in Lebanon, and all the land of his dominion, that all the people who were left of the Ammonites, and the Hittites, Perizzites, Hivites, Jubatites, and all the other tites, notice that, who were not of the children of Israel, that is, the descendants who were left in the land after them, whom the children of Israel had not been able to destroy completely. Notice, from these Solomon raised forced labor in its own day. Now listen, if you go back to the book of Judges, God said this, Look, I want you to go and destroy all these people because they worship all kinds of false gods. They didn't. So all the little pockets they left without destroying them, these people became thorns to the side of God's people. When God says you have a problem and He wants you to take care of it and to get rid of it immediately, you need to do that. Because if you don't take care of the problem, the problem will take care of you. And it will overcome you. That's what happened here to these people. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.